Hey guys, this is Reese Alley. I own a group of construction companies that's doing a little over $4 million a year. And I wanted to talk about the wrong way to hire a salesman for a service-based business. And this is talking out of sheer experience on my part. I almost collapsed my entire business by hiring the wrong person. And it was such a memorable, painful experience where I'm looking at the scars on my hands still today as I go through the process of getting a new salesman and training the person that I work with now and continuing to train that person. And I think it's one of the most important hires that anybody in this kind of business can make, whether you're a roofing contractor in stormwater like me, commercial excavation, concrete, anything, even landscaping, any anything that you're providing a service for, where when you start out, you're gonna be the one going to the estimates, selling all the projects, and performing all of the customer communication and obviously sales process, it's gonna be something that you inevitably will have to hire out. And in my opinion, the smaller the ticket that you're selling, the amount of people you're gonna to have to communicate with on a daily basis. When I looked at the time that I was spending every day and I examined what I was doing, how long it was taking, why was I doing it, and how important it was, sales was definitely the heavyweight on my part as far as what I was good at, what I liked doing, business development, sales, marketing, all that kind of stuff was really where I liked to spend my time just building the business. And to be candid, operations wasn't a super good strong suit just because from an experience standpoint, I just didn't have that much. And it's just not really where my heart lied in solving problems, but it was a super necessary portion. Obviously, I didn't have anybody else that was willing to manage all that. And so I promoted one of the guys that I'd had for a few years at the time to being a manager. And frankly, it was a little bit of a mistake. He was a superstar employee for a long time. And I put him in the wrong position. And it led to some pretty bad things that ended up happening. And I unfortunately had to let him go after a few things that I just couldn't overlook. But hindsight being 2020, it was my fault for putting him in the wrong position. And if I hadn't have done that, then it would have been okay. But getting back on track to who I ended up hiring first, I did put him in that operational position, but looking at my personal time, I thought the best thing I could do was replace myself in sales because I spent a lot of time on it, I really did. And I spent arguably more time on that than I did in operations. And so the logical thing in my mind was, I'm going to outsource this. And so I got on Indeed, I made a couple job postings, and Liggety Split, I had a salesman that I interviewed, and he was doing pretty good on the interview, and I felt good about him. He was a real confident guy in his mid-30s, and coming from a pest control business, where he would just go door to door, and then also selling over the phone sometimes, and he just had a really great spirit to him. He had a really confident attitude. I could tell that he had been in sales for a while, not necessarily what I did, but he was pretty good. So I ended up hiring him for a base salary and then it was plus commission. It wasn't very much, but it was pretty adequate for what we were doing at the time. And he said yes, and we got on our way. So what ended up happening was I ended up doing a few estimates with him and he was the first salesman that I had ever hired or ever worked with. And I've never worked at any other company before. So that was really all I knew and we went to a couple estimates together. They were drainage estimates, and then he said, hey, this is easy, no problem, I've got this. You can go, go, go do something else, go focus somewhere else, 
go build your business. So I was like, great, this is fantastic. So I essentially thought that I had just purchased 40 to 50 hours of my week back, that I was gaining back. And so all of a sudden, it would be three or four o'clock in the afternoon, and I would think to myself, man, I have just solved the paradigm of business. I have just created this euphoric moment where I actually am earning somewhat passive income because my salesman is, is taking my leads that are coming in through my ads and my website and my referrals. I did something that was even dumber than that and I gave him the phone number that I had for my whole life up until that point and I gave him that as a sales phone, which was probably one of the dumbest things that I did in that time period, but it happened and I got a new phone number, which was nice for spam, but it was terrible for communications with all of my customers and my network. So coming down the road, about two months later, he was seemingly doing okay. We started to have a couple issues with customers saying that, hey, I didn't get this, I didn't get that, or there was little red flags. One of the biggest red flags being he wasn't extremely great at answering the phone. And I was so happy that I had gained back this time and my calendar was so much more free. I could theoretically focus on operations more, which given it wasn't my strong suit, my mindset was, well, I've really got to round up my skill set and get better operations, be with the guys, you know, talk to the customers that we're already working with. And I basically turned a blind eye to the entire top funnel of my sales process. I wasn't looking at his bids. He was going to everything by himself. I trusted the communication he had, and I was ignoring a lot of the red flags that were coming up here and there that they weren't really horrible things. They weren't malicious looking things, but it was enough things that should have been a red flag to where I should have let him go. And if I had, things wouldn't have gone downhill that bad. And so starting out that time period, I had about thirty to $40,000-ish in cash. Let's say $30,000 of cash in snapshot. So if you minus out cash flow, paid off vendors, paid the payroll for that week, yada, yada, and I had about $30,000. And in about three months, we burned through all of that money, and I was basically at zero. And I was concerned, very concerned, but it wasn't somehow concerning enough to let this guy go and hop back into sales. Because at the time when I gave him the sales role, I had about $120,000 of work sold. It was I was really comfortable. We had a lot of work in front of us. And I thought, well, this is gonna be more than enough ramp uh, to cover. Even if there's a little dip in sales, it's gonna be plenty to eat off the end of the conveyor belt, you know, before we get to that point. So down the road a little bit farther, for whatever reason, we hadn't gotten a single review since I hired him, and conveniently, when he started taking over customer relations on the top end. There were customers that were angry with me, or jobs weren't going well, there was miscommunications all over the place, stuff like there was a wall that we did that was a five foot tall by about 70 foot long wall, and there was a staircase that was supposed to be in it, and our guys did the entire footer, got five courses up into the wall from the footer, and then the customer came out and said, hey, I just wanted to understand where's the staircase going? Is it going to be in the middle? Is it going to be on the side? Is it?" He was sold a modular block staircase, and the guys were five courses up because it wasn't on the scope. Just things like that all over the place, uncontrollable. And looking back on it, 
he should have been let go the first one or two things that happened like that. But I was so content and so not, I don't think content's the right word. I was so attached to the time that I had gained back, even though it was to my detriment, that I didn't want to fire him. And that went on for another about a month and a half. And we get over to December and I had to let him go because I frankly ran out of money. And at that point, I was really far into debt. I was probably about 50 or $60,000 in debt. And I thought we had had work and he actually ended up funneling some money out of the company, stealing deposits and taking jobs. That's a whole conversation for another podcast. But I let him go. And I remember when he was at our shop and I asked him, hey, I had known for sure that he had one of my deposits that he had deposited personally. And I know it sounds stupid looking back on it that I believed him that it was a normal thing to do because it was something about, he said something with the bank and he couldn't get over and the business account wouldn't work. And so he put in his personal and he was gonna transfer it. Well, he never did that anyways. It was like $2,400 that I knew about at the time outside of all the other stuff that had gone wrong. Keep his sales phone until he got paid his last commission. And I said, well, his commission was a lot less than the money I knew he had in his personal account. I said, well, if you give that money back, then I'll give yours. And he never did. But so he left that night, ended up spending about $120 at Bistro, where he was on my company card, which I forgot to get from him. So I had to cancel that. And I remember the next morning, it was a really cold winter morning. I was on a wall job. And I remember getting his sales phone and just picking up a sales phone. It was probably about 7.30 in the morning. I was waiting on the guys to get there. And scrolling through the sales phone, I was looking at all the conversations on our customers from the past five to six months. And I remember I started crying. I was in tears for a little while because when I was looking through our conversations, the reputation that I'd worked so feverishly hard to get and to develop and to maintain was just being thrown away in every conversation. There were customers that were really solid jobs that were just left hanging, not responding to, angry customers that had questions and he was back talking over text and using bad language and it was just a complete train wreck of communication that I saw and it was a nightmare. I thought we had had about six weeks of work sold out at the time. And I remember looking at our backlog and I started calling some of these customers. This was later in the day at that point. And I started calling some of the customers because I needed to get our schedule together, which I had entrusted to him. And I remember being in my truck on the way home one day. I remember being in my truck that day driving home just calling some of the customers that were on our schedule and there were customers that would say, hey, I would talk to these people and say, hey, this is Reese Alley, I own the company and I wanted to know if this date would work for you to get started on this project. And they would say, oh, uh, we actually, we already had this done. Uh, Mr. Person, we'll call him Bob. Bob had already come by and done this project. You guys did this a month ago. You guys did this weeks ago. You guys did this two months ago. And what happened was he was starting to take uh, the jobs and say he was the owner, collecting the deposit, or worse, doing the job, and then using outside subs, screwing the customer over in the process, and, and then obviously taking the money. And so the backlog that I thought we had had at that time, that was about six weeks, actually was about four days. And 
to top it off, that's even worse than that. There was a customer where I called them and I had that conversation. And as soon as they heard the name of my company, they just started screaming over the phone. I have never been screamed at over the phone for anything. And they just started letting it loose. I couldn't even get a word in. And I remember I just pulled over to the side of the road and just let them vent for about three or four minutes, just horrified. And what ended up happening, that was one of the situations to where he had said he was the owner of the company, showed up, messed up the job. He left a 30-yard dumpster in their driveway. The dumpster company had to put a lien on their house while her husband was in the hospital because he never called them back. And it was a complete train wreck. And there was about four or five of those, I guess, there was about four or five projects that were that bad that over the course of about the next five months, I ended up fixing all of them on my own dime to make everything right with people. And it was a complete train wreck. It was one of the worst times of my life in business, the most difficult and the most dark. And this is pretty deep going into a situation talking about salesmen, but I want to illustrate that picture because if I had done a few simple things that were correct, it would have mitigated that whole thing. And I wouldn't have lost all my money. I wouldn't have gone about $80,000 in the wrong direction. And I wouldn't have had that much of my reputation damaged at that time period. So come round trip, if we were to do this again, in what I had done the second time around when I had the opportunity to hire and train the next salesman. So this is an individual that used to work with me. And when I hired him on, it was a thing to where he was new. He was much newer in the sales world than the gentleman Bob, let's say, is, again, calling his name Bob was. And when he got here, I had a sales phone and I had my personal number and I rode in the truck with him for about four months to every single appointment, talking with the customers, watching over the communication. I still had the sales phone. And that might sound like overkill, but after the situation that I had had with my prior salesman, I wasn't going to take any chances. So I oversaw everything. I knew exactly what he knew because I trained him. I knew exactly what he knew. And why that's important is if there's a situation where you come in and there's a bid where it's a complex project, because you were the one that trained him and you worked with him for so long, you know exactly what he knows. And so if there's a problem or a situation that comes up, you know how far the limits of his competence are going to be able to solve. And so if there's something that comes up to where it's complicated and you know he's not going to be able to solve that problem, you know that. And then you can step in and help him. But if it's easy, you know if he's competent enough to do it or not because you're the one that trained him and you know how far he's come. So after about four months, I gave him the sales phone. And then to this day, I st a year and a half later, I still look at every single appointment that goes out. And why that's important, I know people that still do this at 50 and $60 million companies. And also beyond that, because at the end of the day, you as the business owner know exactly what you need for your company. And most business owners being heavyweights in sales, that's going to be one of the last things that you completely outsource. And even if you do, you get an estimator, you need to be looking at every single thing that goes out. Because at the very minimum, if they go to the appointment, they talk to the customer, the customer doesn't even know your name. As long as you can look at the numbers and you can look at a scope of work, you can tell if something is BS or not. They have a few pictures attached, they have a scope that you train them how to write. You know exactly, like if you saw something that was a red flag, it's very easy to catch if they have a 
hundred foot long by four foot wall or a big drainage system or whatever and it's six thousand bucks you know there's something wrong or they forgot gravel they forgot block or they forgot some kind of pipe or something like that whatever it is and you can catch it and you can get it before the customer commits to it they sign to it and your company is now committed to solving that problem you can always be the person that does a massive change order at the last minute but you're not going to be in business very long if that's the way you operate which is why it's so important to get it right the first time and what's going to happen is if you go down the road and you're doing this let's say your average ticket is twenty thousand dollar projects and a big ticket project is forty or fifty thousand dollar projects what you can do as a multiplier of your time is you can start having him go to all of the bids but the vast majority of the ones that he owns 100 percent outright short of you looking at them before they go out or the 5,000s, the 10,000s, the 15,000s, and maybe the 20,000s, but you yourself are looking at the 50s and the 60s and the 80s and all the big projects that you're really getting into. So that way, this is what I do still to this day. Our estimator slash salesman, he looks at everything we've got. He looks at all of our jobs and he writes all of our jobs up for the vast majority, but I still court our large clients. Now for us, uh, I'll a good size job for us is going to be in the hundreds of thousands and now we're getting into jobs that are in the millions but for all of the jobs that come in that are the top 10 to 5 percent of the biggest jobs that we do i am still personally courting those customers and personally working on those estimates and i believe that's how it should be the entire time you're in business because at the end of the day you should be the most competent person over the whole operation than anybody else. You're the master of detail. And so, even if you have an estimator that's as good as you possibly could be and then better, you need to be looking at those and you need to be aware of what's going on. Because at the end of the day, you're the one that's got to own it and you're the one that's got to deliver on it. And so you are supposed to have the master understanding of everything. Doesn't mean you can't have help, but you've got to be watching over those big clients. And then it becomes a multiplier of your time. So. Now that I have done this situation properly, I can definitely say if you have to hire this person, take your time in hiring someone, interview a lot of people, don't settle for someone after the second interview, make sure you're aware of what's out there, what kind of skill set, what kind of salary, and in some different positions, I don't want to recommend a fixed salary over commission based, I do believe commission is important, but you can get a well salaried person that does the exact same level of effectiveness for the same price if not cheaper uh, or more expensive it, it there's not really a box to fit it in but don't settle keep going keep looking for that person they can change the course of your business and when they're helping you do that it's not a replacement no one's ever going to replace you in sales and marketing that'll always be your chief position but they're going to be a magnifier of your time when they can start doing some of the smaller stuff that's easier, you can start courting the big customers, and then you're always looking at what's going out. And so no matter what's going on, whether you have one salesman or five salesmen, you're bidding $50,000 a month or $5 million a month, you always know what's going out. So that way you're never surprised at when it gets to the bottom line and it gets to the operation team. You know what's going on, they know what's going on, it's easy to manage, and it's predictable. So to put a bow on this, I think you all have what it takes to make the best hire you can. 
when you do hire that person, you do find that person, make sure you spend the necessary amount of time, which is a while, to train them, to master their craft, recommend books, recommend material, be by their side, be patient, but also make sure if there are red flags that come up, they're not answering the phone, they're slow to respond, it is always easier to let them go and find the replacement and do the work than it is to clean up the ashes of a fire. I promise you, I've had to go through it. There's a lot of people I know that have had to go through it and you will be a lot better off just putting in the work, putting in the sweat equity to make sure it's done right the first time. So I hope this helps. Like I said, my name is Reese Alley. I'm a group of construction companies doing a little over $4 million a year. And if you found value in this, like, subscribe, share this with a friend that's in the service-based industry. And if this can help them, then God bless it. That'd be great. I'll catch you in the next one.